Welcome everyone to the Hooligan Sports Podcast Season 2, Episode 25. A very special episode today. We are joined by none other than four-time Stanley Cup champion, the 1990 Smythe winner, and the current Kings goalie coach, none other than Mr. Bill Ranford. Thank you for joining us today, Bill. Bill, hey. Thanks, thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> Looking forward to this. Bill, good to have you. Thank you for joining us. Hey, how, how are you holding up with this whole COVID business? You know, a couple few months ago, sports is shut down. What are you doing uh, to, to hang on there? Well, obviously, there's there's finally hockey to watch. So, uh, um, you know, part of our uh, our team philosophy is uh, with with the top of column is to each each guy to take a series throughout the uh, the different rounds. So um, that's kept us involved and just trying to get better as a coach. You know, uh, up until the hockey started, I you know just working on the craft, trying to talk to different people, uh, see if there's ways that, uh, that I could improve. Listen to a lot of podcasts, so just a little bit of everything. Oh yeah, I, I bet you can't wait to, uh, to get back on the ice in a couple months or so. Yeah, I've been fortunate. I've, I've uh, been working with some uh, kids here in uh, in the Vancouver area, so I, I have stepped on the ice a little bit, uh, but once a week yeah. over the last uh, month and a half. But up to that, she was slim pickings. <laughs> it's funny. Okay, so basically, um, it's. Well known, you've had a storied, like I said in the intro, a storied NHL career. You've played for one of the most famous teams, you know, the Edmonton Oilers in the 80s and early 90s were a dynasty. Yeah. Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer, like, it goes on. But what can you tell us, just, I mean, in general, what it's like now, looking back, you know, on that specific era, the specific teams in the late 80s, early 90s, even yourself winning the cup in 88 as a backup and then 90 as a starter, like what, you know, what is that looking back to you? What, what is that? Well, it's, uh, it's hard to believe it's 30 years since the, uh, the 90 cup. And, uh, you know, we've, uh, did a lot of calls on that during the pause, just because, uh, they're looking, they're, they're digging hard for stories. To talk about. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there was, uh, a lot of buzz on that just going back 30 years and obviously it was an exciting time for me as a as a young nhl player to get the opportunity in 88 to win my first cup but then having a, a bigger part uh in in the win in 90. um so it, it, it's uh it's good to reminisce but uh we're now in the present and i think everybody's just excited that uh, finally we got uh hockey going again it's just uh, unfortunate that we're one of the seven that uh are on the outside looking in. So it, it was definitely tough. Uh, you know, March 12th was the last time we touched uh, base with our players. And, and oh, wow. since then it's been some zoom calls and communication with the coaches. Uh, finally learning this, I've uh, never worked on this, this zoom platform and uh, been up and running with it since kind of late March. Uh, so it's a different uh, way of uh, dealing with people, but I, I actually kind of like it. So it's, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Well, you're doing great at it. We we appreciate it. You, you mentioned about the Kings being one of the seven teams that unfortunately were left out of the new playoff, you know, format that they had introduced. What would you say as far as like the overall feeling of the, the players in the team as far as we know that they weren't technically eliminated from the playoffs, 
we mentioned this with Jim Fox uh, last time too. They, we know the players weren't technically eliminated, but I guess eliminated by the league. There was some small percentage, like one, two percent. I'm not sure of the exact number, but does it is that any different? Basically, being eliminated by the league or these new rules, as opposed to like, especially being the hot streak that they were on. You know, the seven game win streak up until that moment. Yeah, I mean, in in you know, it, it was reality. Mathematically, we're pretty much out. So. Um, I don't think it affected us that much. I think it was just the uh, uncertainty uh, as we were heading back out of the pause, uh, whether or not we'd have the opportunity to be involved or not. And it was really, I think it was a real mental grind on our players because, you know, they were getting their training, they're ramping up their training. And then all of a sudden the magic number 24 came out that there was only going to be 24 teams and it wasn't hard to do the math. Yeah. And so I think that was really hard from a mental standpoint for our guys to, when you realize as soon as they started talking 24, usually means there's only going to be 24. So yeah, it was definitely hard on our guys to, to deal with that. Yes, yeah, there was something that amongst us we discussed. We're like, I wonder, you know, how how is that? It's like we we were talking before the show, like such a new thing that you really can't gauge it off anything previous. It's a unique situation. And it's interesting to hear that, you know, side of it. We, we actually had arguments in between of us. Uh, why the Kings should have made We should have made it, cause, or we could have played spoiler, because we were officially not eliminated. And I know me and Josh over here went at it yeah. for a few days. Yeah. The, the consen- I, no, we should have been in it. The consensus was everybody except Detroit, because at that point, Detroit had been the only technically eliminated. We're like, just make it 30 teams and let us go on a Cinderella run. Or we, Of course, we we're trying to <laughs> <laughs> hype it up. Well, what was it like as a coach not knowing before you made that announcement if you're going to be playing hockey more or not? Well, it was hard because, you know, us as a group, um, you know, we kind of – do we go through our exit meetings? Do we uh, start trying to come up with a game plan if we are going to be back? Um, you know, I think that was the toughest thing, you know, because we still tried to stay very active as a coaching staff. Uh, we are meeting on a weekly basis two, three times a week for probably the first couple of months just to kind of make sure that we were uh, on top of things if things were to start up again. So I think that was the toughest struggle for us as a group, the the not knowing. You know, we had ideas what we wanted to do if we were going to come back and be part of it. But um, I think, you know, just from my standpoint, and I'm sure the, the other guys kind of felt the same way, as soon as we heard the number 24, you know, uh, we kind of realized that uh, we're not going to be involved. So, you know, we stepped away as a group for uh, for a little bit, you know, because you have to recharge the batteries. It was uh, it, even though, uh, you know, we came up short on 10 games. It was still a long season. It's a um, we were a new coaching staff. Uh, we went through we went through a lot together this year. So uh, to try and get our team back on track. So sometimes you got to step away from a, from the game a little bit. We did that. Now we're back involved and. It's not going to be long, uh, you know, in a month's time where we're uh, getting back together in early October to start talking training camp and what we have to do to get our guys ready for next year. Definitely. Go ahead, uh, Christian. Christian. Um, You know, doubling back to what uh, DJ talked about earlier, uh, you were drafted mid-80s. It's part of the 80s and 90s. Boy, the teams that won a couple of Stanley Cups. I was wanted to know, what was your initial reaction to the Gretzky trade uh, before the 1988-89 season? 
Well, um, I was actually uh, up in uh, northern Alberta, up in Cold Lake, on the Armed Forces Base where I lived as a very young kid. I was actually helping out uh, John and Mello Grodnick. John obviously was a longtime NHLer, uh, mainly I think was Detroit where a lot of his, his uh, time was spent. And I was up there doing a, a, a hockey school with them. And when we originally heard the news, we thought it was just a big joke, just a spoof, you know, <laughs> that uh, they're just messing around with people on the radio. And, uh, you know, then uh, all of a sudden, you know, the, we, uh, I wouldn't say the, the phone didn't blow up because I think back then we didn't have the greatest uh, type of cell phones and stuff. But my phone, there were some voice messages left that, you know, did you hear what happened? Did you hear what happened? And then obviously we're, we're scrambling to find a TV at the arena. And sure enough, you know, the press conference happened and uh, it, it was reality. It, it shocked everybody. That's right. I think that'd be most people's reaction thinking it was a joke or some kind of prank. There's no way Gretzky gets traded, right? The, like, the, impo- the impossible. Us, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I think the big thing is we, we knew that Peter Pocklington was in, in uh, financial troubles. Uh, I just don't think anybody expected it to go to that extent. And, uh, and it did, but you know, lo and behold, it was great for hockey in the South, uh, great for the NHL. You know, uh, yeah. with all the the uh, you know the teams that uh, came in later on from the from the South, it it, it kind of created a new buzz for the NHL and and the expansion. Yeah, I think that trade, especially for especially for DJ, me, Christian, Rico, it's like the first introduction of hockey as kids oh, yeah. growing up. So it's like we got the best hockey player in the NHL of all and all, all time and we get to see him in LA it made us as hockey fans and appreciate what hockey is yeah definitely changed the culture out here oh for yeah. sure for sure yeah i mean teams like the ducks right the the coyotes the sharks wouldn't have been possible without gretzky moving and bringing that hockey culture to california and especially the south so um a lot of new fans are made when that happened. A lot of new kids developing into hockey players rather than your typical basketball, baseball, football, you know, kids. Right. Hockey really took off, you know, from that trade. Oh, for and, sure. I mean, I think the big thing about it is you, you know, you have such a great sport community in the, around the Los Angeles area. And then all of a sudden uh, you, you turn it into a serious contender and it, it just, uh, everybody got excited about the sport. Yeah. Now, Back, back to the player bill, right? Who was the hardest shot you ever faced? Oh, boy. Uh, a couple of D-men, Al Iafredi and Al McGinnis were probably the two guys that had the, the boomers for me. And uh, not far behind that was a guy by the name of Reed Larson. I think those were the three all, all defensemen um, that, that probably of, of my era shot the puck as well as anybody. So yeah, when they had Al McGinnis, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, like, of course, yeah, of course, Al McGinnis. I'm sure. I'm sure when they had the puck, Bill, you're like, oh my, here we go. <laughs> well, here it comes. I mean, I had both Reed and Al as as teammates, and then uh, and then obviously uh, playing against uh, Al right. McGinnis uh, once I joined the Oilers and faced him a lot, and uh, he's uh, it. He's the guy that. Uh, you felt it. It was heavy. There's guys that have quick shots and there's guys that have, have heavy shots. His was heavy. Like it, it hit your stick and it, it rattled your bones. Could you, could you imagine those players with the modern sticks, the one piece composites with the whip that they get 
Can you imagine like the difference of those shots? Can you imagine being a big significant difference compared to the, you know, the wooden sticks of the 80s and 90s? Well, it's interesting because uh, I think a few years back, uh, Al went into uh, um, at the All-Star game, went into the, the hardest shot competition and he wasn't far off. You know, so I'm sure the the technology would help a little bit, but also the I think the wood sticks uh, had a little bit to them yeah. also. That's, yeah, that's what point. I was gonna say. Is it is it the the technology of the equipment now, or is it also player training nowadays? Also? The the training has a big part of it. I think that, you know all these guys are so strong, um, you know, and the, I think with the technology, the stick, everybody shoots the puck ball now. But the strong guys, they, they you feel it. it. It rattles through your bones. I, I still strap the pads on the odd time, and it, it, it goes through your bones. There's no doubt about that. Who do you think has the hardest shot right now? Oh, God, I don't know. That, that's a good question that I don't have an answer for. There's there's lots of guys. Uh, Weber probably – Weber might be one of the guys, you know, Montreal that's just flat out heavy. I know on the Kings they have Martin Furk who – Last year had the what, what, yeah. 109 or what was it? Something yeah. crazy. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> new record, new record in the American Hockey League and hardest shot that they have to date. But yeah, he can boom it. He's he uh, puts every absolute ounce of body behind the shot every time he shoots it. Our goalies don't like it, but uh, he can <laughs> he can boom it. I can tell you since since they called him up, I know when they when uh, Todd started putting him. On the point on the power play, I was like, man, the power play just as a fan's perspective became so much more fun because much like Ovechkin and, you know, those guys, you just want them to one-time it to the point. So just put them, put everything into it and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> now, you you want you want your consummate, Bill, and you want – we've seen Quickie grab his consummate in 2012. What was more rewarding to you, winning it yourself or seeing someone that you've coached and you mentored with it? Well, I'm going to be selfish. Obviously, winning it yourself <laughs> is uh, is pretty special, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, but Quickies Quickies was a close second. It was it was pretty amazing. Uh, we actually uh, have a great picture that that we took of uh, myself, Quickie, and Ron Hextall, and all three of us won the Con Smythe. So that was kind of cool. How was Quickie? How was Quickie during that run? Like, it's probably. By far one of the best goaltending runs in playoff history, I feel. Yeah, I think it's it, it might be one of the, the top uh, in, in the history of the game. And uh, he was he was dialed in. You know, he was a big part of us winning. And, um, you know, he was dialed in start to finish. There's no doubt about that. It was uh, it, it uh, we, you know, there was a few ups and downs in the in the, each of the series. But, um, you know, he, he came to play. There's no doubt about that. When you see a player like you say dialed in and they're you know on a hot streak, how does that change you know your role as a coach? Do you, when they're I don't know if it compares much like you know pitchers in baseball when they're doing well, they no one kind of like messes with their technique or you know what I mean what they're doing as far as that's concerned. Or are you still like it was any other day, you know day to day coaching him and getting him through the practices and stuff like that? Yeah, no, we were, we were, uh, it was a daily thing. You know, we still doing our video after every game and, and, um, you know, it was important that, uh, you, you keep that detail and that's, and that what, that's what keeps the streak together. You, you know, you gotta be careful that, uh, you don't just let them run because a lot of times that, uh, that's where you hit that wall and you hit the wall hard. So you gotta make sure you're, you're keeping up with those details. It's awesome. Okay. 
So, okay, speaking about the goalies the Kings have now, and Cal Peterson and John Turk, what's Cal Peterson as a young, up-and-coming goalie, what are some of the similarities you see in Peterson as you did it as a young quick, since you also helped develop a young quick back in the early early days? Um, I think the they're both very competitive. You know, and I think that probably had a, um, you know, a little bit of a, the, the seven game winning streak that, that we went went on down the stretch where both guys were playing well and uh, it became a real good competition between the two of them, you know, trying to out duel each other on a night to night basis. And um, they both have that, that, that spirit that, you know, wanted to be a number one guy and, and being very competitive. And we're, we're very fortunate this year, you know, we had, uh, uh, three guys that played very well. You know, you can't forget uh, the job that uh, Jack Campbell did for us. He was yeah. he was excellent this year. So, um, you know, we, we realized we needed it. Uh, we had a transition of a lot, obviously, new coaching staff, a lot of new players, and and our goalies had to be good. Yeah. Definitely Masupi. I mean, he, he was a great, uh, obviously, goalie, but he was also one of the greatest, uh, you know, a great character to just talk to. And, and one of the things I read about uh, one of the interviews you had a while back, Bill, was that, you know, no matter what goalie you coach, whether it's Quickie, whether it's Campbell, Peterson, Zatkoff, you know, Budai, um, they all have different playing styles. But I think what caught my attention and what you said is they all have to have the common goal of coming to work and working hard and, and training and, and just being there. And I think that's what's making the Kings goalies studs you know, these past 10 years or so, because, you know, we were the laughing stock of goalies back in the 80s and 90s, you know. Now the Kings are known to have these studs as goalies. And it, it really is attributed to your guys' coaching style, yours and Kim's, and just, you know, bringing them up from Ontario. So I thought it was a really cool article. Like you said, the common goal is for them just to be hard workers, no matter what their style is. Yeah, I mean, always my, my common, you know, thing I want with our goalies that, you know, uh, with Kim, Dusty, and then uh, now Maddie Miller. Um, you know, for us, it's attention to detail, work ethic. You know, that's where we start. We don't want to create this cookie cutter goalie, but the only cookie cutter uh, cookie cutter part that we will have is is that detail and work ethic. And then, you know, we feel if we can try and help these guys out, give them give them the tools to to make them better. Um, you know, that's the best way we, we can go about it. So having, you know, having talked about the philosophy as far as the coaching staff and stuff like that, I had a question regarding, obviously now everybody knows Quick. He's had, you know, a great career with the Kings. He's won Cups and Conn Smythe and everything like that. What, take us back to before when I remember personally Jonathan Bernier being, you know, the highly touted prospect within the organization. As far as Kings fans felt, we thought he was going to be, you know, the next, he was going to be the savior. He was going to be the next one. He was going to, he was basically going to be what Quick is now. Can you take us, you know, through bringing up Bernier and then, you know, Quick coming up, not out of nowhere, but, you know, off the radar of what we had anticipated and that the development of both of them and ultimately Quick winning the starting job and never looking back. Well, it was, it was an interesting dynamic because when we when we drafted uh, Bernier, obviously Quickie was still in school. Um, and then as they turned pro, uh, Quickie, you know, had the one-year jump on Bernier. You know, we decided we could have kept Bernier as an 18-year-old 
but the organization felt, you know, especially Dean Lombardi, he was the boss, he was making the decisions that we were, we weren't a very good team back then. And he felt that it would hinder, um, you know, Jonathan Bernier's development by bringing him, bringing him in at 18 years old. If you remember, we were over in London and, yes. and he played very well. And, mm -hmm. and I remember afterwards, Dean says, we're not doing this. We're not keeping this guy. And it, it was so hard because we knew Joe was a, was a good bully. Um, and then, you know, it just ended up that uh, Quickie got the, the jump on, on, uh, on Bernier, but don't get me wrong. Jonathan Bernier is a, a, a very mm -hmm. good bully and he's been around a long time. Um, he just hasn't quite had the, the success that the Quickie had, but, you know, we don't win the first cup without him. You know, we right. played some big goal for us down the stretch, um, you know, that we needed. And, and you know, you, you look at both our cup runs, uh, you know, Jonesy stepped in when, when Quickie was hurt. Uh, and we don't even, we don't make the playoffs without the way uh, Martin Jones played in, in 2014. So, you know, you need both guys. And, and I think that's one of the things that uh, we've been fortunate enough to do here in, in LA with the hard work of, our, our coaching staffs, our, our management's beliefs in developing that um, the unfortunate part is we've developed some great goalies, but we're developing them for other organizations at this point. But <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's yeah. not it's not a bad thing, you know, and it, and I think that's kudos to to Jonathan Quick that he's been that good for this long that uh, we've been able to move other guys on and and uh, find a way to, to develop others. Yeah, it's a, it's a good problem to have, as they say out there. And, uh, you know, us Kings fans, we're really locked in and, and tied to our players. And it always breaks our heart when you know, someone has to be let go. Um, I think especially the Jonesy one, right? Because he was supposed to go back cool. east. Next yeah. thing you know, he gets traded to San Jose that, two days later. Like, that hurt what the heck me, just happened? Yeah, <laughs> I'm that, all like, I'm like, oh, we traded Joner. He's going to be a star in Boston. And then <laughs> two days later, it's like, yeah, so we're going to flip him over to. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, they got like, us really? on that one. Boston, are yeah. you kidding me right now? Now I'm going to, like, boo him? Wow. Yeah. No, that was a tough one. You know, obviously, uh, uh, Jonesy was a tough one just due to the fact that, yeah. you know, he was a guy that uh, we brought in um, just as a free agent. And I kind of had to put a little bit on the line to convince Dean to keep him. And, and uh, you know, Dave Lowry, who ended up coaching with us, was, was going to be his head coach in Calgary that year. And Dave's the one, you know, we, Dave and I had a previous relationship. And, and Dave was like, he's going to be my number one guy. Uh, this guy is the real deal. He's been good at every level. And, you know, we took a chance of, of signing him because um, we couldn't, we had to sign him before we sent him back to Calgary. So it was, we kept him a little longer than uh, Dave would have liked because that back then the WHL was starting a lot earlier. So they were without their number one guy for a bit. But, uh, you know, it was, it ended up being a, a, a big decision for us and, and a big part of us winning our second cup by signing Jonesy. Yeah. And then, and then on, on the, other aspect of it you know uh kudos to jonesy for you know working at his game and, and becoming uh, a legit uh number one goalie in this league proud of him yeah i think we uh dj christian and myself were at jonesy's first game i think it was against anaheim yeah uh, in was, anaheim uh, and, yeah, and was just, he was, yeah, was lights Royal Army game. yeah lights out brick house no, i don't think anything got to him and i think he's he won the game uh in a shootout it was like a 10 man shootout or something. Nine like, round like, shootout. Nine yeah. rounds, yeah. White King. Yeah, 
nine round shootout, but you look back on that shootout and look at the number of future Hall of Famers that, uh, that yeah. were in that shootout. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, yeah. Very it was impressive. it was a great it was a great moment. Obviously, a great moment. So, so on the topic of prospects and young players, obviously it's well documented already that the Kings have one of the best, brightest farm systems currently in the NHL. Uh, I want to ask you other like non goalie wise, who is who are you most looking looking forward to see, and who's basically the prospect you're most excited about in the organization currently? Well, I think uh, just because we got a little taste of them, um, you know, uh, I think uh, Gabe Velarde is, is a guy that I'm, I'm really excited about. Um, with all the issues that he's had over the last couple of years, this is the first year that I think he's, uh, and I know he's been training, but he's, he's uh, really been able to put a real good summer of training together. And I know he's been training a lot because he's been, training with with my goalie in in canada so uh with maddie Velalta, they've been training together uh-huh. in his barn so uh old school rocky workouts in, in maddie Velalta's <laughs> barn back in canada so uh, i'm excited about him and then uh just the glimpse we got of mikey anderson i'm really curious to see what we're going to see there with mikey anderson because we just got a glimpse of him down down the stretch there but uh you know so one 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 d one forward uh, those are the two guys, um, but we've got some good young talent coming coming our way, you know. Um, so it'll be interesting. And that's still about- without a the upcoming draft, which again the Kings are in very pretty position moving forward to continue to restock that cupboard. Well, the second pick should be a pretty good player, so uh, we're we're hoping that uh, somebody can step in and 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 uh, be a big part of our organization for a long time. For Speaking sure. of, you were th- we were talking about the goalie, your goalies. Like, how do you feel that our goalie prospects are going to be in the future? Well, we've only got one. <laughs> That's Matty Valalta right now. So, so uh, he's our, our one prospect in the American Hockey League. We've got uh, Jacob uh, Ingham coming out of junior. So uh, he's he's the number two prospect, and then we've got obviously uh, Parikh in Spokane, and then Hrenik uh, in college. So. Um, so we, he's at St. Cloud. So we've got uh, a couple of young guys that uh, aren't pros yet. And then we've got, uh, you know, Matty Valalta, you know, had to step in when, when Cal got called up, um, you know, hadn't played a lot of hockey and did an awesome job for us, but he's only a first year pro. And then obviously we've got uh, Jacob Ingham coming out of the Ontario Hockey League uh, going into his first year pro. So, um, you know, not sure what we're going to do there. Uh, might be a situation where they bring in kind of a veteran number three just to give these guys some support. But, uh, no, we're, we're excited. And, um, you know, we will, uh, we'll have a draft here where, uh, they've told me we're going to take a, a goalie at some point in the draft. Uh, so awesome. we'll, we'll see, we'll see excited about it. Um, you had him real brief bill, but how was it coaching, uh, Ben Bishop? <laughs> It was kind of cool. He was in LA for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it was very brief. It, it was very unfortunate, you know, uh, that we it, it didn't go longer. You know, the big thing with bringing Ben in is we were hoping to make the playoffs and and try and go on another run, and it just didn't work out. So um, it was very short lived. I mean, Ben's uh, uh, a real good goalie. It's just uh, 
unfortunate injuries at unfortunate times have, have, have been tough on his career. And, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a big body and, um, look what he's done in Dallas. They've, uh, you know, been top in the goals against in the last couple of years here. So, uh, kudos to, to Ben on that. How do you balance starting a, when you had Quickie and Bishop and Quickie and Jones and Quickie and Bernier? How do you balance the playing time between the two goalies? I don't. That's the head coach's job. I mean, I can give my input, but uh, I've always been a firm believer the head, the head coach is the head coach for a reason, and they make the decisions. And so um, I can put my input in about, you know, I think this guy's getting a little bit tired, the other guy, or the other guy's been great in practice. That's kind of my role there for, for as a goalie coach, just to give my two cents and, and help out that way. But the bottom line is the head coach is the head coach for a reason. Was it like working with the different coaches? Yeah, it's been, I, I've been fortunate. You know, I've, I've worked with some great people and, um, you know, uh, kind of goes along when you're with the same organization for 14 years, you're, you're going to get the opportunity to work with different people. Um, everybody's uh, been awesome to work with. Uh, treated me great and really that's all I can go by the way they they've treated me and all the coaches I've had here have been awesome towards me so you know I, I'm very appreciative of that and maybe that's why I still have a job <laughs> yeah and, and, and Bill speaking of coaches it I, I've always wanted to know what were your thoughts on Sutter's interviews because he had the greatest interviews out there I could just imagine you laughing in the background or something like what did coaches say yeah, I mean, you can all you got to do is go onto YouTube and look up the <laughs> Sutterisms, and uh, I mean, yeah. we would, you know, we, I, I'm not a, I, you know, when you're a coach and you're a player, you're told not not to really get involved with the media. Don't don't get in, don't be reading articles, don't be watching the clips. But it was sure hard, you know. It would <laughs> if something was said, there would there'd be kind of a rumble that would kind of go through the the, the dress room or the coaches' room. You knew something was said, and it was. <laughs> You know, or or you know, one of the players would hear about it. And they say, "Did you hear what Daryl said last night?" And we kind of, you know, when he, when he wasn't looking, we kind of go try and find it to see what he said. So yeah, yeah, we 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 actually the guys here, we we actually started a Facebook page called uh, "Stuff Daryl Sutter Says," and it was just yeah, all his Sutterisms just collected. It was, just yeah, a collection of all the Sutterisms. <laughs> he could be hard on you guys. He could be hard on you guys if you ask the wrong question. I. I, I felt your guys' pain on some nights. <laughs> He'll just tell us a parking ride. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Christian, you have next. Um, yeah, I was good. I was. We're like also doing like a, in our like private group chat, making sure there's hope static episode. Uh, just like I want to get like a fun question out. Um, given Quick's Jonathan Quick's spiciness, we've seen over the course of his career with the Kings. Um, you ever think he's ever going to get into a goalie fight? And like, have you ever talked to him about the rough stuff after a whistle before? No, I mean it's not really so. I, you know what? You have you have guys that get paid to to do that. It's not really the goalie's job. And here and and that's yeah. it's being hypocritical because I had to. I was going to mention. I was going to mention that. I had a few of my. I didn't have a lot, but I had two or three. But I had the big doozy in L.A. The the big brawl we had the one night. Or I think we set the record for penalty minutes uh, at the old forum. So yeah, we were I, looking I, those up too. All your YouTube clips of your fights, and so obviously you're looking at the highlights. And then when Bob Branford fight comes on, it's like, how are we not going to look into all these yeah. these beauties? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Quickie's coached by Ranford and Hextall, right? The the, the yeah. goalies that fight, right? And uh, 
I wasn't. Hexy was more of a fighter. I wasn't. But yeah. uh, I had, I think, two or three in my career. But the 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 one the one I I probably remember the most was obviously uh, the one in L.A. It was. Uh, can't even remember who it was. A little forward that I end up kind of suckering me from behind, and then I turned got into a fight with him. That's um, hilarious. That's that's like, how nice dare you? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and quickie fights everyone in San Jose, so I mean, it's almost yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, so, come San Jose. Yeah, no, it's you know what you got to have, uh, you got to have a, a little bit of passion. You just got to make sure it doesn't affect the way you play. It's funny too because, like Christian said, just given the playing style, like you know, it's it's noticeable as a fan that quickie doesn't allow you know, certain players that take liberties, he's always the first one, you know, with the blocker or, you know, just like letting them know he's there. And that's yeah. one, of, one of my favorite things about Quick is that tenacity he plays with. So like Christian said, it's kind of surprising given like you see some goalies that will completely avoid, you know, the rough stuff altogether. And for the most part, Quick, he's not one to shy away from mixing it up uh -huh. and post whistle no. and all that kind of stuff. No, he's got some passion, you know. You, you you interview him and he's a soft spoken definitely you know, a lot out of him <laughs> very quiet very quiet but uh he's he's got some fire in him there's no doubt about that okay so oh, yeah. other than we were talking about the different kings goals you train what's your who's your favorite non-kings goalie in the nhl right now oh boy way to put me on the spot <laughs> um who's just the hard hitting questions right now i think you know obviously um uh, you know, Carey Price is is a guy that's you know been very steady. Uh, it's got a nice demeanor in the net. You know, it's unfortunately he hasn't found a way to win. Uh, he's won at the Olympic level, but not at the NHL level yet. But uh, he's special. Uh, I think obviously some of the the up and comers. Uh, you know, Vasilevsky has is you know got some real impressive tools, and then you know the the, the young kid on the block, uh, you know, Carter Hart, um, who plays a lot like Kerry, uh, but he's got a great pedigree, you know, obviously Carter, he's, he's done it from, you know, his early days on up, had a great junior career, did very well representing Canada internationally at the World Junior. Um, and then, you know, starting out this early career um, in the NHL, he's, he's, been, he's been impressive. So uh, I think we got a uh, Rico. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Bill. Um, I mean, again, consummate winner, four-time Stanley Cup champion. But what a lot of people don't remember also, you were a movie star, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> big, oh. Movies, big, big movie, movie star. star, right? One of the American greatest movies hero. ever made. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great hockey movie. Great hockey movie. Yeah. yeah. So you you were the goalie for the movie Miracle and. They say you were casted because you had the same stand-up style as Jim Craig. How was it filming and representing, you know, kind of like portraying Jim Craig in that movie? Well, the bottom line is I wasn't involved in the movie till the last moment. Um, there was other people involved. Uh, things weren't going well. They were shooting out all the Jim Craig stuff at the end. And I just retired, so I really couldn't commit to the... It was a bunch of Canuck alumni and ex-junior guys that were involved uh, playing you know on the russian team and they tried to get me out early on and i was like i guys i just retired i want to spend time with the family i can't commit five six months to a movie after just retiring so i joined the movie in the last month and a half um when they started shooting out the jim craig stuff and uh because originally they were supposed to go up north to prince george 
uh, good old Disney with budgets uh, that stopped uh, um, happening and it stayed in Vancouver. And I got the phone call to see if I was interested in coming in, shoot out the, the Jim Craig stuff. And uh, yeah, it was about a month and a half of work, a lot of fun, a lot of hurry up and wait, like they talk about in the movie business, but it was uh, actually pretty cool to be part of that movie and see how good it was because everybody was worried once it left Canada, headed back to the mm-hmm. U.S., what kind of movie would end up uh, in the theaters and what would end up on the cutting room floor. Um, but I thought uh, Chris Nelson and Ryan Walters, you know, they were the couple of the, the hockey uh, liaisons. Uh, Chris, obviously, from L.A. and, and then uh, Ryan Walters from here in Vancouver. I thought they did a great job at making sure that the, the movie stayed realistic. And they, and to me, if I wasn't in it, uh, it still today would be, uh, you know, my favorite pure hockey movie. Uh, it's still hard. Yes. It's still hard uh, to put it above Slapshot, just because it's just <laughs> such an iconic. <laughs> yeah, the hockey movie. But, but um, you know, this this was the best pure hockey movie that's been done to date. I agree. Yeah, it, it's. it's, it's Oh, it's sorry. definitely a the miracle, Slapshot, and Goon. Can we give sudden death an honorable mention? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> no. Thank no, you. <laughs> thank you. I was, I was just throwing this out there. You know, Luke being the Luke Lorbatai being the real hero of that film. I'm just throwing yeah. it. No, I, I, I think Goon was shot right here in, in New Westminster. A lot of it was shot at Queen's Park oh, Arena, right? Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, I can see it from my. Uh, my condo here right across the street. Awesome. So, there it is. Yeah. I think they did a lot of the shooting for it there at Queens Park Arena. Now, now Bill, uh, I don't remember the exact date. I think it was last season or maybe the season before. You almost got called up as an emergency goalie. Oh, oh boy. It, it, it was a good 15 minutes. My heart was pounding like, is Bill going to lace them up? What happened? What happened that it, day? And tell us what your emotions were that day. It happened... Uh, I think I've strapped on the pads maybe two or three different times in in my uh, in my career. The first time might have been Ottawa. Um, that was a little bit scary. There might have been one one before that, but I think it's been three separate times that I've had that I've actually had to leave the press box, go down, strap on the pads, and I'm sitting there mm-hmm. with everything from the waist down on. Uh, obviously, uh, pure panic. Um, you know I really don't want to be put in that situation but yeah it's uh, I'm a lot fitter now so I'd be a lot more comfortable going in now than I say four or five years ago but uh, yeah no it's it's crazy and uh, um, I've come up I've come up with an idea that I've uh, that I've given to the to the league of how to um, rectify this whole problem but uh, I can't really make it public because uh, I've, I've uh, given it to the league. But if it happens, um, if you come, you see there's a new policy in the next year or so, uh, give me a shout and I'll tell you. We know about the current policy right now where, where you have someone sitting in or they're in the, around the arena, right? I mean, look at the guy from, was it, um, believes uh, the accountant that played that night the uh, david ayers in carolina zamboni Zamboni driver yeah yeah no every every team has to have 
a emergency goalie in the building in your home building every night, but he can play for either team. And that's where it got tough, especially in that Carolina Toronto situation, because you got the Zamboni driver coming out and he's all in, in Leafs colors, except for the (laughs) Carolina hurricanes Jersey. So it just put the team in a very, very tough position. Um, you know, and it, it, it didn't, uh, it didn't, uh, because Carolina played such a great game in front of them and they still got the two points. But I mean, if you look at, you know, this 24 team schedule here, that two points might have could have been the difference of, of, you know, a team making it or not making it. And that would have been a tough pill to swallow. So, yeah. So I've got a, I've got a great idea that I think will work. Uh, the league has to look at it. There's a lot of logistics to it, but I think I've got a better policy than that we don't get ourselves embarrassed by uh, and, by the situation that happened. But uh, kudos to Mr. Ayers for stepping in and doing a great job and, and getting a couple of points for the Carolina Hurricanes. Because I tell you, it had to be a special moment. For and, 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 when that, and when that policy comes out, Bill, you talk to us first about it, all right? <laughs> all right. Sounds good. So you had, you, you had mentioned that, you know, the, the emergency backup goalie can play up for either team. So in your instance, say the opposing team's goalies got hurt, would you, in fact, as a coach of the Kings, be able to be goalie for the opposition? No, no my, my, must, my, my couple of opportunities were predated to that, to that rule. Okay. So basically, okay. Um, I, was, uh, I had to sign a, a contract that I would agree yeah. to be the LA Kings uh, emergency goalie you know I can no longer do that I'm no longer uh, eligible to be uh, to be the goalie uh, for the Kings oh, okay. it has to be a classified emergency backup I was gonna yeah I was gonna say I feel like that's even better you say for instance emergency goalie for the Ducks while they're playing the Kings and you could just letting in yeah. soft letting in let softies in. yeah just let it all in I'm sorry imagine like losing a Zam man you know yeah. what I mean? Imagine yeah. if he was an emergency goalie, the Zamboni driver. Yeah, for sure. That'd be good. In the front of the podcast right there. Yeah. Cool. But what's your advice on um, parents who have up-and-coming um, kids that want to play hockey, goalie, or any of those positions? Um, I think the best advice I can give is make sure that they're playing multiple sports. I think too many, mm. too many kids are, are, you know, feeling that they uh, – this pause has probably been, been pretty good because hopefully some other kids have gotten outside and done some things because, you know, the, the young kids from the age 9, 10, 11, 12 are hockey 24-7. And, you know, basically when, when I grew up, as soon as the hockey season ended, the skates went away, the baseball glove came out, and I played baseball, you know. And, I, and it just makes you a more well-rounded athlete. And, you know, and, and that's, the, I think, the biggest thing that, you know, you gotta, you have to be an athlete in order to play this game, and and I think if, if kids just step away a little bit more and, and aren't hockey twenty four seven, it'll go a long way for them. Definitely. Um, from the comments, we have a question from Kathleen Buddha. She says she's asking Bill, uh, what's your favorite off ice personal stories with the Kings? Maybe locker room, Jed Hotel, etc. I know, kind of putting you on the spot here, but. Huh. Off ice. Well, you know what? We did something that we haven't done, uh, and it uh, kind of end up transitioning into our seven-game winning streak at the end of the season. We we had a, a couple days off in, in our schedule that doesn't happen very often, and uh, 
we went down to one of the uh, volleyball courts in El Segundo on the beach there and we did uh, volleyball as, as a group and it's something that uh, we've done it I think with our young guys the odd time in development camps but we've never done it with the big team and it was just such a great uh, team building moment and you know I think it was uh, my, it was obviously post um, post trade deadline I'm pretty sure and that gave the opportunity for some of the uh, young guys that were called up to interact with our with our veteran guys so it was it was a lot of fun yeah good team bonding yeah kind it was of awesome thing. yeah everybody's there coaches were there we were watching sitting in chairs just a good fun time well bill we wanted to thank you for being our guest uh today it means a lot for us that you spend some time from your evening hanging out with the hooligan sports podcast um we look forward, maybe, again, once once this rule gets into place, you can come back and let us know the specifics on the note to the league. We, <laughs> we would appreciate it. But once again, thank you, thank you for your time, and we appreciate it. And like we said, we're huge fans. We can't wait for, you know, the up-and-coming prospects and everything on the horizon for the Kings, you know, going forward. As always, we're huge yeah. fans of you, and thank you for uh, coming on the show tonight. Yeah. Well, I, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Just can't believe it took so long. I, I'm I telling you. <laughs> Bill, now we know. Reaching, yeah, yeah. Reaching out to everyone has been a, a, a fun past couple of weeks for me. But yeah, I, I really appreciate you uh, accepting our invitation. Really. Uh, oh, it was my yeah. pleasure. It was awesome. We're just ecstatic. <laughs> hey, it's, any, always, it's great to talk hockey. I love it. There yeah, we any go. Fi- any final words for the Kings fans out there? Because we're missing our hockey. We're missing our LA Kings. We're missing everything about Staples, the organization, and everything. Well, you know, obviously it's uh, it's been disappointing for everybody. You know, I think back to all the the great people that we have work that work at uh, Staples Center that are out of work right now. You know, it's 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 right. sad sad for for that because you know I've been there 14 years. There's a lot of people I know that work in the building and you know people that work to take me up and down the elevator and and, and people that, that do all the great things that make that such a great building to, to play in. Um, you know, the, the Kings fans, yeah, just be patient. We're, we're, we're in a little bit of a rebuild here, but we've got some great talent coming on the way and, and we're, we're, we're excited about next year. You know, we've, we've got a great head coach, a great staff. Um, we're excited about moving forward and, and hopefully next year we can surprise some teams. If we get some of these young guys yeah. stepping up and, oh, yeah. and, and, uh, showing that they're going to be part of the Kings for a long time. We, we could be a, a real exciting team to watch again. And that's, and I think that's what we're all looking forward to. I know I am. <laughs> I, I know I am. Well, like I said, thank you, Bill. Um, you have a great rest of your evening. Hopefully a uh, good off season, depending on when the season starts. I know that it's, it's really up in the air right now, right? There's nothing too yeah, set. We're at, yeah. We're looking at sometime in November for training camps. So, I think our coaching staff's all getting together early October, so we're it's uh, there's now some light at the end of the tunnel for us because it's just been, uh, you know, the last time we we walked out of the dressing room March twelfth. Yeah, it's tough. Going on almost six months already, so crazy, yeah, crazy. <laughs> if it's safe enough, I'll be over there and I'll sit down at the private facility, sitting in the bleachers. <laughs> all right, we'll look for you. We'll look for, for you sure. then. Make sure you wave. <laughs> I will. I will. Okay. All right, Christian. All right. That's awesome. All right, thank you, hey Bill. Guys, thank thanks. you, Bill. Thanks, thanks for having me off. Appreciate thank it. So much. Appreciate, Appreciate you. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So, right. guys. That was fun. That Very was fun. Brantford. Wow. Hey, who's this guy? Oh. Oh, it is. 
Let's end it now. DJ, you got something going on, right? You got something special for fans out there? Yeah, everybody stuck along with us through this Bill Ranford episode. Thank you. It means a lot to us, you guys watching these new... I mean, there's still the Zoom episodes, but we've had some really special guests. So, you know, there's been a lot of going on behind the scenes. We've been working real hard on growing the podcast, getting a lot of new guests and a lot of new fun things. One of the things we've been working on behind the scenes was a special intro for the podcast. We're going to premiere the intro right now. First time being seen. The guys have seen it, but the first time for you guys to see it. So without further ado, let us show you guys the brand new. Now, let's do this. This is Tom Likes, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers. And now, the starting lineup for the Hooligan Sports Podcast. Leading off the show, the Bat Boy, number 87, Josh Bustos. Batting in the two-hole, number 44, Christian Allen. Batting third, number seven, Rico Alonso. Batting cleanup, number 52, DJ Balthazar. And batting fifth, number six, Tommy Sotelo. Give it up for them and stay tuned for the Hooligan Sports Podcast. <laughs> What'd you guys think? Oh, <laughs> crazy, oh, right? Oh, how crazy was oh, that? Hey, actually, also a quick reminder: we're gonna have Derek Ar- Derek Armstrong on Wednesday, Alex Faust next Monday, and Daryl Mister Suits Evans ne- the following Wednesday. The following Wednesday. And thousand four suits. Yes, I think we should all wear suits for that episode. You guys, that's an idea. Todd Lights, the public announcer for the Dodgers, did the new Hooligan Sports <laughs> podcast intro. How crazy is that? Yeah, that was great. That was and great. We some, and it was great. And we might have some behind the scenes of our special media day, too. Oh, yeah. We had, we had to obviously film these intros, and we did a whole media day. We're going to upload a separate video on that, showing you guys some of the, that fun behind the scenes. You're going to get some outtakes from Bustos and all these different takes. There were some awesome. He was so pissed He was off. pumping up the crowd, and he was doing all these, like, action <laughs> movements. Yeah, he was getting so hyped. It was awesome. It was so much fun. Um, You guys. So let's talk. How awesome. intro. How, well, how, first of all, how awesome was Bill Ranford? Oh, dude, that was, that was great. Such a cool dude, right? And, 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 and if you never met him personally, he is always like that. One of the nicest guys in the world. Actually, all the, those Kings coaches are super cool. Yeah. But Bill, Bill's probably been the longest coach there now. Now with Sutter and all those other guys gone, he's still one of the original coaches from 2012. Um, cup run. Yes, and, and oh, even years before that, yeah. he came in in 2006. So yeah, oh, he's been there over yeah 14 years now with the organization. I mean, we could we could have a million more questions, picking his brain about things. We're yeah. trying to find the most interesting, funnest stuff. I feel like it was a pretty solid and, interview, and, though. And he took the call from Canada. Great, right? He's, he's oh, in Canada. That was the first <laughs> over overseas that's overseas guest in the podcast. Yeah. Overseas, you mean international? I mean international, international, not overseas. My bad. He's international. He's on the same coast. Hey, if he's on an island though, 
<laughs> and now you really got to go international and work your magic to get Chan Ho Park. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to see who's available well, in Russia. Park, Chan Ho Park lives in LA, so he's not. He's up Choi. Oh my God. Oh, he's up Choi. There you go. You guys. I'm going to see who's available in Russia. You're gonna make it for you, comrade. Booster's glasses just cracks. It's just like on his lenses. You guys, I got I got some exciting news for um for Tommy. Uh, his beloved Los Angeles Lakers final score game five. Lakers, oh no, it's in. I'm sorry, Lakers 135, Lakers 115. Lakers in five. Tommy, suck it, Tommy. That's the way. That's the way to beat Portland on Kobe Bryant Day. I mean, in the Kobe, in the Kobe jerseys, did Tommy leave? What happened here? He got pissed off. He's like, look, I got my son. I'm bouncing. Yeah, what's he doing over here? What did you do? Tommy straight up bounced in the first round like the Portland Trail. You brought up the Lakers and he got pissed and took <laughs> off. He really did. Um, Take that, Tomothy. So unfortunately, though, we didn't get to watch the game because we were in, interviewing Bill Ranford. So anybody in the comments who can give us maybe a rundown. It was a blowout. The first quarter was over. The first half no, was over. They, they cannot guard the Lakers. The Lakers are too no. fast. The Lakers are too sneaky. Offense, especially defense. You cannot. You don't have they anyone can't to guard stop LeBron. The Lakers, you have no one to guard LeBron and Anthony Davis. They have just this crazy defense they, right now. That I, they've learned. They learned how to guard Damian Lillard. I got. Yeah, I got an alert during during the interview. It said Anthony Davis exited the game with back spasms, and Damian no. and Damian Lillard also exited with a yeah. knee, his knee issues. Steven yeah. Mills says Dame is done. He injured his ankle. Oh, ankle. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Portland's going to go as far as Dame goes. And if he's gone, he's, they're done. After next Yo, game. I don't, I don't want to put this bad juju out there. But do you, do you guys remember in our group chat, we were like, what are you guys hoping for the first round? And I specifically said, I hope Dame rolls an ankle. I think that was an example. <laughs> I think that was a little <laughs> That was a little oh, cool. I never wish players to get injured, but I was just trying to be funny. Like, come on. Oh, oh, he's and back. Now, now AD has apparently got like back spasms and such. I know that. That was my karma. So, Tommy, what happened? You just hit all the liquor talk. No, my AirPods fell out, so it turned off the video. Yeah, so did the Portland Blazers offense. Wow. <laughs> you want to know what else fell out? Fell out this guy. <laughs> what, what, 21 point lead? Is that what you're gonna say? There's gonna be a 21 point lead about the Niners. I knew it was coming. I beat you to it. Jeremy Rain in the comments says the Lakers tied their own playoff record of 11 three pointers in the first half, which is crazy because they've been so bad from the three point line. Or, yeah. You know, the rest of the series, specifically Game One, but yeah, overall, that's good to hear. That's let, good. Let, let Let's go back in really time. What happened to the, the Clippers, Clippers yesterday? Win? Yes. Luka. Luka. Luka yeah, Luca, look what he's doing to the Clippers. Who can we talk about the championship? Can we talk about the most baller? Can we talk about how Luca, in the most baller way possible, did. accepted like Montrez Harrell's like apology? Am I going to have to start muting your guys' microphones? Is that what's going to happen? No. Oh, is, that what, is that what's going to happen? Yeah, I know. I mean, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to raise my hand. I was going to do is just a little zoom, man. <laughs> Excuse me, teacher. I want to talk. But by the way, Tommy just found out that feature today, like ten minutes before our podcast. So he's he's like, "Can I raise? What's raising he's my hand?" Proud of his hand. 
I don't know. I'm I'm looking at my TV to see if it actually came on. Steve, looking at the, what I see right now is that you're looking at the ice sitting among the boards. Like yeah, dude, you're up in your seats in 30. What is it? 317. 318. 318. Uh, Stephen Lewis says they were winning by 30 at one point, but decided to rest the starters the whole fourth quarter. So the Lakers basically only played three quarters. So what you're oh, saying is that oh, it was Caruso oh, time. You know who else you know played three quarters? And the, the Niners. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's good. <laughs> well, I, I didn't even mean to. And I just softball. I just softball tossed it to Tommy. Oh, you know, you know, who else passed it for that's touchdown? right. Yes. Put in, we put in forty-six minutes worth of football. Wow! Almost, almost. No, do the hamburger one. What? The hamburger. No. It's like what, once our special guest gets off, it's like all right. Now we just really let loose. They were just acting a fool. Okay, so Lakers are up 3-1. Did he finish it off? Yes. Uh, Lakers in five. That was the call from the beginning. We've been saying Lakers in five since before the series. You know, I've been been saying this for a while now. Y'all know the vibes. Lakers in five. And we can actually, we can actually (laughs) put the hamburger. Why? We actually have the footage to prove it, too. Christian has been saying Lakers in five since before the series yeah. started. So we will give him that one. We will give Christian hey, this one. Hey, DJ, can you just take a screenshot of Rico so you can actually, like, base swap it no. with a hamburger? Rico, you got to give the people what they want. The Lakers are not winning in five. They may be winning six. Lakers oh, so you're saying the Lakers are going to win now? Is that what I'm hearing, Tommy? Are you saying the Lakers are winning? Maybe. Oh, okay. oh wow. Wow. At Maybe. least, are we wearing our masks now? No. I'll put, I'll put on my mask. No, it's okay. I'll put on my mask. Jeremy's telling me okay. the mask goes over the nose and the mouth. So, yeah, I mean, it sucks because our plan was to transition into Laker talk, but we end up missing the game for a good reason. Obviously, Bill Ranford. But from what we're hearing, it was dominating. It's exciting. I can't wait. Thank God the Lakers are turning it around because after game one, especially amongst us, amongst this little group right here, Tommy just let us have it and was very ruthless as far as the game one, just spamming us, spamming us with Damian Lillard gifts for hours and hours and hours. And it was annoying. So thank God. I I, I wish, I wish, I wish deadly diarrhea on Tommy. That was true. All that crap, dude. I was like, dude, I hope you catch something bad. No, we don't wish that bad on Tommy. Not, I'm at diarrhea. <laughs> diarrhea. Still don't wish that bad on Tommy. We're just scared of him. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, you know what, you know, you know, instead of wishing diarrhea on me, Bustos freaking took $106 and went to stole my freaking debit card. I did not do that. That is true. Right before we were filming, you know? we were trying to get Tommy on the line, and he's like, hold on, I can't talk. I'm with my bank. Some nerd stole $106 Tommy, you know? from me. And he blamed Bustos on it. And he blamed Bustos yeah. right away. He bought some, like, board games and whatnot. We were like, it was, like, boardgamesgeek.com or something. We were like, what? if you missed the Bill Ranford in- interview because Bustos stole $106 from you without knowing, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be so upset. Um, what about yeah. Dodgers, man? Dodgers, how they do it? So Dodgers got Cody's heating up. But if you notice, Cody stole – all he's really doing is hitting home runs, man. Like – Oh darn! You know? I mean, oh darn! Dude, I, I so I'm a small ball type of uh, fan, so 
You know, like. You like. But they did hit. They did hit <laughs> nine. There was eight home runs on Sunday. He yeah. did hit he two. Hit, uh, excuse me, excuse me. Kobe hit eight his eighth home run on his twenty fourth hit. Celebrating oh my god, Kobe Day. Kobe. Thank you very much. Cody. I mean, Cody, 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 Cody. <laughs> Cody, let's. I got him. Cody, Cody Bellinger hit his eighth home run of the season on his twenty fourth hit. On his twenty fourth hit on Kobe Bryant's birthday. Eight twenty four, buddy. Take that, Tommy. I gotta admit That's the one thing. The one thing about the Today's Dodgers. Kobe. Is Mookie is beyond my expectation. Same. Thank surprising. you, Boston. Thank you so much. I want to say to any Boston hey, Red Sox fans did, out there. Why, man, who, who, who did he talk like this while Bill Ranford was on? Who, who, who said that? <laughs> I, I, think so, I think someone in the group said that. How do what? Boston fans feel that Mookie has a Dodger uniform man and a Laker uniform? Being a oh, Boston player, right? That's oh, yeah. got to be crazy. Every Boston fan like, ever. Mookie right. Betts, then, a beloved Boston, Boston Red Sox, the now worst, Dodgers, rocking a Lakers jersey. One of the worst records. They're the, what, the first team to lose 20 games. I mean, the only bright spot is Alex Verdugo. I know. Yeah, I, 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 I still can't pay him attention out. to him. Yeah. What's they funny, yeah. Him. They love him out there now. The Dodgers were the first to win. First to win 20 were the Dodgers. Red Sox were the first to lose 20, right? Yeah. Yeah, the Dodgers first to win 20. Do you know whose birthday is today also? Uh PK. Kobe, friend of the podcast. No, who, who, Kobe? I don't know who that. Is. I don't know who that is. Kobe's one. Well, yes, Kobe. Yeah, Kobe's Kobe, 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 Kobe's and Kike. Our captain, Andre Kopitar. Kike. Oh. Tommy's gonna be like, take that back. Uh, what are, where's the lie? He's the captain of the Kings. I don't know what I'm saying wrong, guys. That is the current captain of the LA Kings, Andre Kopitar. These are facts. Who's it? Who's our number one captain in our heart? Dustin. Andre Kopitar, for sure. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Moving along. Hey, hey, hey Brownie. Tommy, how do you, hey, Tommy, how do you feel about you one day getting you a Blake Lazat jersey? Wow. Wow. I'm cool with, I'm cool with Blake Lazat. Maybe you guys should get me a CT3 uh, jersey. Can we? Okay, for everybody who's watching right now, because they're probably like, why is Tommy keep getting 46 references? Can we tell them the real reason? Yes, tell them the yeah. story. Okay. Yeah, tell them the the, the real okay. The real reason everybody's giving Tommy a hard time about forty six is because in the intro that we just played, the premiere, we gave uh, Todd Lights like a script of what you know of our names and everything like that. Every all the rundown of what to say. We told him Tommy Satella was number six. That's the number he has on all his. You know, customized jerseys, that's the number he's always worn. That's his lucky number. That's his lucky number. That's the Johnny Hecken number. So we sent it out, and when we got it back, no, no shade on Todd. We love it. Everyone else other than Tommy is happy. To Todd, unfortunately, said number 46, Tommy Sotelo. And then we didn't realize it. And he was, <laughs> he was so is. And he's like, you said 46. He, he, he was trying to force DJ to get a refund. Yeah, he, get a refund. Make him do it over. Like, yeah, he wanted me to, he wanted to, re, yeah, he wanted me to, to ask him to do it again. And I'm just like, I'm not going to tell him to redo our intro. So with slick Hollywood magic, we try to edit it into saying six. But when you hear it, you might hear the word fix. It's an Easter egg for everyone out there. Listen closely. But yeah, we fixed it the best we could to make Tommy happy and give him the number six. But now, moving forward, that's Tommy's new official number. Number fix. Number fix. Number fix. As, as a result of this, the next time the Dodgers have a yard sale, we're going to get him a Josh Fields road jersey. Or the Blake Lazat. 
Yes. Or maybe a Walker Bueller for Christian. Wow. The joke's on you, Tommy, because Walker Bueller's my favorite Dodger. So, yeah, I will rock that 21. Hey, Christian. Christian, how many, how many, you, Tommy. Christian, how many people are in the chat room right now? 21. Oh! <laughs> 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 yeah. the people, well, the people in the, in, the, in the chat right now are definitely digging baby Johnny Hector Sotelo here. Another nickname, the number six. On the chat, just FYI, uh, little Zach there is going to be a Laker, Dodger, and Charger. So, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, no doubt about it. He'll play all three sports. He's going to be better than Bo Jackson. Right. Uh, he's a Charger because, you know, quadruple not, talk, sport. Talk to his mom. His mom will let you know. She, he's going to be a Charger. It's funny. We actually we took a picture of him. Look at that. Look at him. Oh, look at that. That's so adorable. <laughs> look at the cuteness. Look at the cuteness. You guys are. Ridiculous. Tommy's like, I'm going to murder you. So of course, that's that's the famous picture of that's the famous picture of young Tommy in a Lakers jersey that we found. That he wasn't always a Lakers hater. At one point in his young young childhood, when I couldn't, when I had, I couldn't say anything before he could before he could read the word Lakers. (laughs) Is the original. Yeah, there ain't much, baby, much, that is much baby Tommy right there. Any other thing sports? I'm going to play Bustos right now. Come no, on. Oh, you're, you're, All right, uh, guys. Uh, I got you guys. You're LA Galaxy. You're LAFC. Oh, there we go. That's a oh, solid it's one. it's Rhino Tropico. Those. So on Saturday, um, after half a year, I mean, the season started in March, and obviously the Rona's happened. But it finally happened on Saturday, guys. The Galaxy got themselves a dub. They got those tres puntos against Los Angeles former Chivas. Dos a cero. Two nothing. Two nothing final. Oh, the Galaxy. We're all off sync because of the Zoom, but you, you guys get it. Two nothing Galaxy. <laughs> two nothing shutout over Chivas 2.0 over on the corner of King and Pig over at the Stank of California. <laughs> it's not going to be It's not going to be Fig anymore. It's not going to be Fig anymore. That's right. It's going to be Kobe Bryant Boulevard. Is it That's the whole? It's, it's, it's still Figueroa right now. It's still Fig now. Wait, is it the whole street or a part? Yeah, so it's gonna it's gonna go from no, the portion from King. Why are we yelling? King... yelling? I don't know why are we yelling at each other. It's gonna yeah, be yelling, from Olympic no. to MLK. Yeah, right, yeah so <laughs> there we go. So basically, it goes from the Coliseum to Staples Center. Right. Just Pat Valley Life. So Just that's what, so today's big discussion is: Do we start re-brand, rebranding shirts as the Kobe Bryant no. Boulevard Hooligans? Or do no, we just let the Fig Street Hooligans ride? You just keep it Figueroa Street Hooligans, and we just stay on the LA Life side of the street. <laughs> yeah, it's solved. Yeah, it's yeah like solved. we're talking about North of Olympic. Do you think yeah, all the businesses are going to really have to change their addresses? Yes. Uh, I doubt did, did it. it. Didn't they do a Vince Kelly Boulevard? They knew, yeah, they knew it Vince Kelly, but they knew it Chick Heron Way. All the people that lived out there, yeah. Right, because well, people live on the bottom of the hill, up sunset, off sunset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And there's those new apartments right there. Dude, how cool would that be to have your actual address be like Vince Scully or Kobe Bryant Boulevard, yeah. something like that? I feel like we just for the vanity address alone. We should move Tommy to figure out. Just so, that so the way I see it, <laughs> so the way I see it regarding the um, the Kobe Bryant Boulevard situation is, it, I think it might be similar to what they do up in uh, 
San Francisco over at Oracle Park where the Giants play at. There's a stretch of um, that corner of Second Street and King over at Oracle Park. Christian, um, no one cares about Oracle Park. It's San Francisco. Josh, I'm trying to explain something. I'm trying to explain something. Savage Over your eyes. What I was trying to say is that, like, all right, so there's a part. There's a stretch of street. <laughs> <laughs> Savage was all right, Christian. I hear Christian. Here's where you're gonna come through. This here's where you're gonna come in clutch for us. I think it's time for a word from our sponsors. How about this? How about that we just break this up with Savage Booster season? Yeah. Um, know that you have a body ready to be created because you're about to kill All right. First, first word from our sponsor goes out to Rose Cremation Services in Bellflower, California. The one and only Rose Flower, Rose Flower, Rose Cremation Service in Bellflower. Number 562, phone number 562-804-0404. Complete cremation starting at 995. We have to include all this in the, in the pitch now. This is part of the new rules with our sponsors. We have to, they're like, Christian just can't be taking slogans from other companies. We got to actually be plugging them. So if you guys know anybody, whatever situation, you know somebody that needs a cremation, shout them out. Give them some love. They're local local yeah. business also we have the homies at big nick's pizza in p yes. rico take us you can take this one. Oh man you know I, I i'm gonna leave right now and go there right now actually so i gotta <laughs> go guys now have the pizza have the wings go talk to john very cool dude uh obviously uh with the ronas everything's takeout right now but it's worth it get the food from big nick's and last but not least, word on the street is if you use the promo code podcast on the Hooligan Sports website, rumor has it you get 10% off your next order. So keep that in mind. Got a bunch of cool shirts, lots of fun stuff. It, or but, hear me out. But, hear me out. If you guys use the promo code CDA at checkout, you get 20% off. Wow. But that, if you use the code RICO, you get 20% off, plus Altuve gets hit with the baseball. Wow. It's crazy. All these guys have promo codes right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say my promo code because I'll get in trouble. Why? I don't need a promo code. Wow. Either way. Either way. Bustos like, wants people to spend their money. Check if you use Tommy's. No, Honestly, no discount. Use Thomas promo code. You get forty six percent off. Wow! Can I change Christians to twenty one percent off? Give him small, that small edge. I mean, he'd win it. He'd win in the sales in the sales war. It, it's not even a thing. I'm just making it up. But in the event that it was, um, you guys, that was a fun episode. Solid episode. I feel like you know, we had Ranford for the first hour so i wasn't actually looking at it but we covered five minutes we covered lakers dodgers i know we got two episodes this week which is new for us but we just have all these wonderful guests uh lined up like we're saying we got four guests over the next two weeks which is really big for us we appreciate everybody who's been supporting us that's been resharing all the uh, social media all the links and everything like that it means the world to all of us all the guys appreciate it even the ones who don't act like it, like Bustos, where he's just like, whatever. No, he really appreciates it, too. Um, I'm such a jerk. <laughs> uh, wow. Tommy? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Like, I hate kids. Wow. Yeah, Bustos, I don't. I love my kids. <laughs> he, he, I mean, he hates puppies and candy and all that fun <laughs> stuff. 
kittens, rainbows. But, I'm just the evil of all evils. That is true. He's the Grinch. Busta is the Grinch. Um, next, not even no, next. Plank, usually, no, he's like Plankton from SpongeBob. I'm so used oh. to saying, I'm so used to saying like next week. No, in literally two days, the day after tomorrow, Wednesday, we will be joined by Derek Armstrong, former Kings Army, you know, former fun guy, alternate captain. I might add. There we go. We're gonna have to ask him about that. Like, and, what was it like getting a letter? If, if you never met Army, that dude is a character. He is so funny. So it'll be a fun podcast. Fun talking to definitely be I mean, fun, and then we'll talk about the Ram situation afterwards. What was the Ram situation? With the Look new at Tom, what, what situation is going on? Well, with the Rams. Tell, the me, new tell, me, tell me something I don't know. All right, we'll, we'll talk about the new stadium and all that fun stuff next episode. But you guys, solid episode, fun podcast. Once again, thank you to Bill Ranford. So awesome for you to for you to come on the show, and uh, everybody, be ready Wednesday. Everyone back here Wednesday. Same crew, same party. There we go. Until then, don't forget to like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And thank you guys for watching. Chick-fil-A.